I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Spartan Pride Podcast. Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan Shop with you today. Joined by Hondo Carpenter as we go ahead. And take a look back, chase it again, a look back at the 2013 Michigan State Spartans. This is our final segment. Today we're going to take a look back at that Big Ten title game in detail and of course the Rose Bowl. And Hondo, as we talk about Michigan State's prep for the Big Ten title game, let me circle the wagons here for a second. In my mind, Michigan State already going to the Rose Bowl no matter what happens in this game. Um, And they're certainly happy to be there. And they've got a score to settle with Ohio State because of what happened the year before in 2012. While teams say, oh, this year and last year, not the same. Of course they're not, but a lot of the folks were. So I've got that in mind. Now on the other side, you've got Ohio State. 24 game win streak. And I forgot about this before I look back at it. It's not that Ohio State was looking past Michigan in the game. I don't think that's the case, but if there was ever a time they were looking past it, it was in 2013. I think they were looking ahead towards a national title because their coach was driving them so hard to get there. Of course, Ohio State would get there the next year, but I had forgotten about the game in 2013. I had forgotten about Brady Hoke's decision to go for too late, and I had forgotten how many yards Ohio State had given up in the game, and then... Do you remember that Connor Cook kind of tripped up and said, oh, when you see your opponent, meaning Ohio State, give up a whole bunch of yards, you're licking your chops. I forgot about that too. So let's reset for me what you remember from both sides because those are a few details that I had forgotten before taking this look, look back. Here are several things that I remember. Number one, um, and I'm going to go back to something that happened last week on the Pat McAfee show because it's something that I still believe today. Ohio State, give them all the credit in the world. Phenomenal facilities, exceptional athletes. 
but they are a very selfish program. That is a place where players go with the mindset of I'm going to the pros. Now, let me give credit to Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and, and because they are two guys that have been able to build factories, football factories, where those players keep their focus solely on what's ahead of me today. And yes, I want to go to the league, but I'm not looking at it. Ohio State has not done that. They are not a tough program, and but that doesn't mean they're not superior talented. I'm going to tell you right now, I think, and I've had more than one person tell me this who's an NFL scout, that nobody in the country has more talent than Ohio State this year. But none of them expect Ohio State to win the national title because of the toughness issue and because it's a very selfish program. Now, it was not that way under Jim Tressel. But after Jim left, it was a it was a mindset instilled upon with Urban Meyer. So going into that game, there was a couple things that really shocked me. Mark D'Antonio was loose. He he was loose. And I, I even wrote about it at the time. You and I talked about it. I said, wow, he is so loose. There was no tension. There was no – it was – I expected to be here, and he genuinely did. I'm going to give him all the credit in the world for that. And he was so loose, I just couldn't believe it. Number two, the players were loose because he was loose. And they were bouncing. I've said this, and I'll say it 100 times. I never saw a Michigan State football team in a prior to a game being as happy, loose, and as excited as they were that week, ever. Not even close, John. I remember you could hear the guys at practice. We were outside the doors. We got to go in early, and then you you, you have to leave for a while. They do certain things. You could hear them cheering, shouting, laughing. Um, it was loose. So going into the game, the general synopsis was, this is either going to be a Michigan State victor or an ass whooping. And I remember Michigan State kept reminding them of the year before. That was all Michigan State needed. That year before, they felt like the refs had helped in a big way. And they just, Mark Antonio kept reminding them, don't leave this up to the refs. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't do that. So you take the 2011 Big Ten championship game with arguably the referees deciding it. You take the 2012, which was the start of a great era, the Meyer-D'Antonio era, that was the era in the Big Ten. I mean, the records are what they are. You look at what Ohio State and Michigan State played for between 2012 and uh, 2016. Um, Well, actually, it's gone you know, even beyond there, just the Meyer D'Antonio era, it's unreal what they played for. Um, so I hear what you're saying. I saw that looseness as well, but I'm telling you, I think it's because they knew they were playing with house money and they were already in the Rose Bowl. It could not have set up better for Michigan State. Um, do you well, remember? Mark, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to share this with you. Mark D'Antonio talking to his team during the week, um, I don't know if it was him or one of his, or he had one of his assistants, but they're putting all the stuff from ESPN, you know, 
that already was talking about Ohio State in the national championship game. And they kept saying, does anyone not know they play a game this weekend? And everybody was laughing. Yeah. Everybody was cracking up. I, I, I remember specifically they had shown clips of all kinds of ESPN stuff. Um, at that time, remember, there was not as much of a proliferation as sports talk on television. There wasn't Hulu and all that kind of stuff, YouTube TV or whatever. Um, and they just showed it all. And it was on a clip. I mean, it was just playing all the time. They literally went in, and this is where Mark D'Antonio was a master motivator. Okay, you guys don't matter. If you want to matter, you better go show them you matter. And and it was, I mean, they felt like, and he said to them, I don't remember what day of the week it was. For some reason, I think it was Thursday. But I remember one of the players telling me, a captain told me, coach told us today, Nobody knows who you are. So if you can stop or survive an early run, Ohio State's the one that's going to be pressing. Ohio State's the one that's going to feel the pressure. Because, And then he said this. This was according to one of the captains. Their parents have already bought plane tickets to the national title. They've already paid for hotel rooms. They're going to know if we don't win – Mom and dad's money ain't refundable. And it was such a master job of motivation. Those those Spartans walked in there like, all right, let's go, let's play. And it was fun. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, a lot of people have seen the highlights of that game. We can't say what Tonico Allen said before the game, but you can find that clip everywhere. Very clearly motivated. Also motivated, Pat Narduzzi, who would mark as one of his biggest mistakes at Michigan State, not tackling live the week before the 2012 Ohio State game, where Braxton Miller essentially beat him with the great assist on the fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Uh, Michigan State knew They had to be better at the point of attack. They had to be better tackling. They also knew they were going to be served a massive buffet of Miller and Hyde. So going into this, there should have been extraordinary pressure on Ohio State because, as you said, they were already being anointed. After that kick six, like, here comes Ohio State. They've won 24 in a row. Meyer is the story. Here we go with Meyer. But then we got to get into a ball game with a motivated team. And it's not cliche to say, if you look at the 2013 Michigan State roster, you're going to see a lot of kids from Ohio. Danico Salen, of course, one of the serious ones. The combination of playing loose and motivation is something everybody's going for every single week. It comes in that game. But remember, Ohio State made their big run and got up. Uh, 
24-20, I think, early in the second half. It was it was an it was just it was a well it, I, I have said this before. I think it was a well played game. It was the best Michigan State football game I've ever seen. It was the best coached game I have ever seen. Um, I think it was better than the Rose Bowl. Um, well, I don't think it was better than the Cotton Bowl win over Baylor. So I that 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 that, that that's not fair. Second best I've ever seen. It was just masterfully coached. It was masterfully played all week. It was masterly motivated. To me, it was, and I think it it going into the Rose Bowl. Um, one of the things Mark D'Antonio talked about is, well, I mean, maybe me, but maybe it wasn't Mark. It could have been Pat. But one of them said to their guys, "Ohio State's better than these guys." Oh yeah, and we just beat Ohio State. So let's not go in there acting like we're not the better team. And remember, Coach sent us this video early in the summer telling us we were going to be here. We expected to be here, and 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 it was just the way Michigan State played it. Now, they were a little bit more tense going into the Rose Bowl than they were in the national championship game. Coaches were, players were. It was a dispensational move for the Spartans. But that game, right afterwards, right after they beat Ohio State, that locker room was celebratory, and there was a mood of, all right, now the Rose Bowl's ours. We're the better team no matter who we're facing. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, what's also interesting is in the second half comeback because perception and reality are not always the same as we're seeing in real time. Um Again, folks, if you haven't heard my interview with Mark D'Antonio, we go down this pretty specifically, and he's got a complete recollection of all of it like it was yesterday uh, from May. One thing that he, I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye, him and I on, is the perception and reality of how that game was won. Connor Cook was the difference in that game. But the Jeremy Langford run buried it. If you look at the stats... Ohio State ran the ball almost double Michigan State. They had 65 yards rushing. Now, there's some sacks in there, but th that game was not run, was not won uh, on the ground. Connor Cook, really big-time player in big-time spaces. And all credit to Langford for closing the game. But we got a preview of an unbelievable Cook doing it again. Coming back from late and essentially what is the bigger a bowl game? Um, Ten years has, has has aged that well in Ohio State, and that's before we get to the Rose Bowl, where, as you said, they knew they were going to be the better team than whoever they played. All week, not all week because it's about a month, but the whole time leading up to the Rose Bowl, the Michigan State coaches were telling recruits, you better make sure you watch the Rose Bowl because you're going to see the better team. And when they, you know, obviously they weren't in the, now for a lot of people don't remember this because people have short memories. There was a BCS national championship game and Jameis Winston got into it, got in with Florida State. There was a lot of people that believed had Michigan State, a lot of people that knew if Michigan State had not got robbed at Notre Dame, they'd have been playing for the national title. And Pat Narduzzi, was addressing the team once 
and said, blankety, blank, 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 we should be playing for a national title. Let's go show them we're the national champions. Let's go show them Notre Dame got lucky because of some, some officiating. And so the whole mood was we're going out there to win because we want to make a statement we're the national champions. We're the real ones. The only loss we have comes with an asterisk. And I don't, to the best of my recollection, I don't remember that anyone telling me D'Antonio said that, but I know Pat did for sure and several coaches. And so going into that game, there was total belief in Connor. If anyone thought that they didn't get to the Rose Bowl because of Connor Cook, they're on drugs. Connor Cook was the difference maker. Connor Cook's ability to just say to the coaches, I'm doing what I want. I can't tell you how many times Connor did stuff, and they really couldn't yell at him because it worked, but they didn't like it, and they didn't appreciate it. And I've had more than one person tell me who are not part of the Spartan organization, if they had turned Connor Cook loose a lot earlier they would have never lost at Notre Dame because it wouldn't have been a few calls difference. And Connor Cook may still be playing in the NFL. I think, just like I think Michigan State hurt Connor Cook, I mean, hurt Andrew Maxwell, I think they hurt Connor Cook as well. I think his, uh, I, I obviously I cover the Raiders now, and which is where he got picked. I think Connor suffered um, from some, I, I, just suffered from some of the coaching where he had to go against it. And I think he developed a me-against-the-world mentality that worked at Michigan State but didn't work in the NFL. And uh, But going into that game, there was a chip on their shoulder. I've said this to people. It was a game where I've only seen them have that chip like they did for Michigan. And I felt bad for Stanford because – Michigan State's chip was bigger than any Michigan game, any, and it was towards refs, and they played that us against the world, don't let the refs decide. It was so masterfully motivated, but there was tension. And uh, Connor Cook, I'll give you a great story. Connor Cook broke the tension out in California. You may remember it was announced Max Bola wasn't going to play, and there was a lot of lot of angst, and it could have got really tense because there was a lot of pressure. And Connor Cook yells out, F it, we're going to win this one for Max. And, and the coaches were not downplaying Max wasn't playing, but they were like, hey, you know, we lost Max, it's tough, da-da-da-da-da-da. And the players, Max Bulla is the most popular Spartan I've ever seen in a locker room. I hope one day he comes back and he's the head coach at Michigan State. He's not ready yet because nobody should be allowed to come here and learn how to head coach. But Max Bulla is one of the most popular Spartans you'll ever see. And this kid, they Connor Cook was smart enough to know Let's rally around Max. And I say this to people. Max impacted that Rose Bowl more than anyone will ever know. Even though he was out, 
because the team used it as a rallying cry. I remember Mike Sadler, who I was very, very close with, telling me, oh, yeah, we're winning this one for Max, man. We're, this, this one's all Max. We're rooting for Max. We're standing for Max. And and I mean, every conversation, everyone wanted to ask him, why isn't Max playing? And the players just, yep, yep, Max, Max. And what the media didn't understand, I knew because of what the players were telling me, is every time the media tried to push, the coaches got mad. But every time the media started to push, the players got engaged. Wow. This is about – and so going into that game, um, I had – uh, one person on the team tell me when it was over, Max should have got the MVP. I thought that was fascinating. Your thought, it's well, a great game. Uh, no one's ever heard that story before. That's a big deal. You want to talk about saying the right thing at the right time? It's probably the most timely thing Cook's ever said. Um, well, I'm going to tell you something, Connor Cook. Um endeared himself to his teammates there and and it was it was a side of Connor that I don't think it's talked about a lot um Connor did some things that probably there was a lot of tension between him and and, and his in the staff not the staff but maybe the head coach and the offensive coaches defensive coaches freaking loved him yeah. um but that was one of those moments where Connor really took a leadership role. You may remember there was a lot of talk about captains and whatever, and Connor really took a lead there. And um, I, I, I'm going to say this: I've always liked Connor. Um, I, I, I've met his family, been in their home. They're, 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 they're. You know, I've never had an issue with them. And I, I just know that that was a moment when Connor won a ton of respect. Connor um, had a lot of people really admire him, how he did it. I thought he was phenomenal in the Rose Bowl. Um, I thought Connor Cook had something. Connor Cook had it. And I'm going to say this with all due respect, because you know I'm a Spartan. If Connor had played in another school, I still think he'd be playing in the NFL. And that pains me, but it's the reality. And but what a what a motivator he was, what a job he did in the Rose Bowl. He was phenomenal. You've probably teed up a, another show we need to do about Connor Cook because um I'm with you there, uh largely. I think the shoulder injury is one he never healed from. And he's not the only quarterback that hasn't healed from it. And I think the option that he probably called against Iowa in the Big Ten title game in 2015 is the most important play in that game, in a game that never should have been that close. Now, that's 2015, and that's Connor Cook. That's a whole other show, which is great. The Rose Bowl starts not so good for Michigan State. Now, it's great to be there. This is the last traditional Rose Bowl with arguably the two best schools in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Now, it's just an argument. Everybody can be in that. Well, the best overall university in the Pac-12 is Cal Berkeley, or it's Wisconsin, or it's Michigan, whatever. These two, though, they could argue this is the best. Last Rose Bowl, traditional, best school in the Big Ten, best overall school in the Pac-10. Here we go. 
Michigan State starts kind of slow, but um, there is a there is a physical advantage that you see over time. Cook makes the big throws on the big stage, and I don't want to downplay what Kyler Ellsworth did to end the Rose Bowl. He ended the Rose Bowl. It's an all-time highlight. But those of us who are looking at the field recognize that Sanford still had 66 yards to go, and they were not going to get there. But the Rose Bowl comeback kind of really did encapsulate the entire season for this team, this program that Mark D'Antonio picked out of the rubble and fixed. Took him nine years to fix it, get it back where it was when Nick Saban left, and then he takes it forward from there. When we look back at the Rose Bowl, what are your memories about the comeback? Because uh, everybody was nervous, but I don't ever, I don't really remember getting to the point where it was like, uh oh, Michigan State's too far to come back. It felt like they were the better team overall. And maybe that was the belief that they had that you talked about before the game that played through all 60 minutes. I never thought at any point that they weren't going to win. Um, I just didn't. Uh, maybe I'm. I just, because I was so close to the program, I knew their mindset. I, I mean, I was looking down at the sidelines and they're still laughing and joking and they're still okay. We're all good. There, nobody hung their head. Um, there was nothing in me that thought they were going to lose the game. You know what it might've been? Stanford was overly rigid. I think it's a fair criticism of David Shaw. But they also did not play the level of competition that Michigan State played. I wonder if that might have played into it more than we thought at the time. Because the impression was this is at least a 50-50 game, but Stanford was promoted as something that they really weren't. I wonder if their lack of super competition before hurt them, and maybe they were a little surprised how athletic Michigan State was. And then they just seemed to be a little, a little overly rigid during the best of the David Shaw era. Yeah, I think they were very they were very predictable. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you a great story. Um Pat Narduzzi and the defensive coaches were screaming out what the play was going to be. And they had told uh Kyler, "School over the top and meet him." That's why if you watch, he is launching before it's even clear that's the play. Yep. I have said that the best coaching job in the Rose Bowl was Pat Narduzzi. Phenomenal job. Just some of his adjustments. He was calling out plays before him getting Kyler Ellsworth ready. And let me just say, Max Bulla helped Kyle Ellsworth get ready that week, too. It showed his coaching ability. Um, you may remember after the Rose Bowl, I said this to you. The way he coached Kyler Ellsworth showed you that guy had coaching in his future, and he's been tremendous. Look at what he's done at Notre Dame. He's unbelievable. And I just think it's phenomenal just the way that went out. There was no lack of confidence. And I think, you know, when you looked at, at Pat and his staff, Pat and his defense, Mike Tressel was genius that day. Just the way that that defensive staff was locked in and uh, it was, it was impressive. They were prepared. They were locked in. And the meaning of that preparation and lock-in is really uh, encapsulated by the final play, by the knockout punch. You see the replay in slow motion. Ellsworth is launching before. 
It's up all over Michigan State football building. It should be. Anybody can be called on to make a play at any time. This has been so much fun to do. It's been the insight about Cook and about Bulla today uh, should get people's attention who are following this stuff as historians. Um, when you look back at it, not talking about what happens literally the day after the Rose Bowl, which is a whole separate show. You've talked a little bit about that before, or maybe, maybe in the days after the Rose Bowl. Was this the best team Michigan State had since 1966? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I thought that was the best team that they've had since 66. Tremendous. I think if they had played George Perlis's Rose Bowl team, they would have spanked them. Um, just because George George – George's offenses were so rigid as well that Michigan State defense would have just shut them down. The Michigan State defense had speed that would have nulligated um, a Blake Ezor going to the edge. It would have uh, nulligated a, a, the defensive tackle work was so good. Uh, Lorenzo White going up the middle. Yeah, it was the best team that they had since 66. But I want to end with this. One little piece of intrigue. A few hours after the Rose Bowl, I don't, maybe six hours later, four hours later, I don't remember now. I get a text from a very high ranking Michigan State official that says, We're in trouble. So an and, era begins a long time. Wait, wait, and wait. Now, wait a minute. And, and tell your listeners this. Did I not tell you about that? I think you told me about it uh, later that, I mean, basically the, that day, the, the, uh, the day after. Probably yeah. and tell me that night it would have been January second. Yeah. And they told me we're in trouble. And that's when I knew I didn't think it was gonna happen the next year, but that's when I knew we were gonna probably see the beginning of the end of the D'Antonio era. That of course, to me, was the Badger Bomb. In 2016, when Wisconsin came in, Michigan State ranked number two in the country, loses 30-6. to six. That's a long way off. And I don't know that we'll do this again for the 2014 season or the 2015 season. We might. But how much fun to chase it again, looking back at the 2013 Spartans. 13-1. and one, Big Ten champions. Won all Big Ten games by 10 points or more. Rose Bowl champions. There really isn't much else you could do. They squeezed all the juice out of that 2013 lemon. This has been fun to chase it again. Jonathan Shop, Hondo Carpenter, Spark Pride Podcast, Podcast. Fans First Sports Network.